Hi, this is Diane Carvel, and I'm with Caregiver Relief, and today I have Pat Deegan, a registered nurse and our end-of-life consultant and podcast contributor. I'm excited today, Pat. I think we have an awesome topic. That'll be good. Yeah, I mean, I can go back and forth with things that I've seen and how important it is to have communication and and what you really want for your final wishes. It doesn't happen that way. In reality, uh, 70% of people die in the hospital or nursing home. So I wanted you to share with me uh, the problems with people that have, uh, have not taken the steps to make their wishes known. Oh, that's so true. I've seen that in the emergency room with all the trauma and stuff. People come in, a young boy goes swimming with some friends and dives into a lake and never comes back up. We do everything we can to resuscitate him, and it's too late. And then we had another one, one that probably haunts me to this day. Four teenagers were in a car drinking and driving, hit a massive tree, and all four of them were killed. A horrible accident. The car was no bigger than a washing machine when it was finished they had no id on them it was difficult because they were jane doe and john doe's at the morgue until the family started calling the next day to see if there had been any accidents and i felt for the parents the kids never had a chance to talk about anything if they had wanted to be an organ donor or anything i really feel that as a society we need to when someone say oh young people shouldn't be talking about death and dying the parents of those young people should be talking about mm-hmm. death and dying they right. should be because it's never too early to start planning because there's no guarantees for the future that's right you never know yeah we don't so it's really the conversations to tell people what our desires and wishes are we don't know what's going to happen to us and there's legal reasons for that as well Absolutely. Oh, my goodness, yes. I don't think people realize the complexity of some of the things for advanced directives, the living will, and all that other stuff. Yep. It, it, there's so much paperwork, and at times people are actually overwhelmed because it just seems like there's too much. Unless somebody can talk them through it and make it simple, and it can be simple, they just keep putting it off and putting it off for another time, and that's the worst thing they can do. Absolutely. Okay. Every state, I believe, is probably different when um, there's a declaration for a, a natural death. Now, I've got the papers for South Carolina, but I know other states it might be a little bit different. And what that talks about, you're in sound mind, you have a terminal illness, you're going to initial what you want done for artificial nourishment and hydration. Do you want nutrition given to you with IVs, or do you want it all withheld? Other thing that it it, uh, accomplishes is you assign somebody that you feel in your family would respect your wishes. These can be revoked at any time. You can change the person at any time that you want if you have an argument with them. The other Mm -hmm. thing that's important is medical power of attorney. You can have an attorney for your estate and for other things, but for health care, that's another thing that you have. It's pretty simple. Advanced directives are another thing that encompasses both of the things we've just talked about. And then Mm -hmm. you'd be amazed the amount of people that do not have a will. Even if they've talked about it over the years, they've never put it down in paper. Then they have to go to probate, and that takes so much money. Whereas if you have some stuff and you want to get rid of it, get rid of it to the people that you want to have it. That's important. It yes. truly is. I was going to say, it just lessens the stress of your loved oh, absolutely. ones. Absolutely. Now, I took care of my husband who died almost 20 years ago. 
he was everything but cancer. He was a very non-compliant diabetic. He had part of both his feet amputated because of circulation, and he had suffered two heart attacks, and he did not want to go to the hospital, and I had promised him that I would take care of him at home. And it was funny, when you learn some people's wishes, he wanted to be cremated, and he wanted his ashes buried in the Irish Sea. And believe it or not, I had that done. My sister went over to Ireland, and she brought his uh, urn with him and uh, put him in the Irish Sea. Um, on the other man, he wanted he had a bucket list, and one of them was to go see a golf tournament, like the PGA or something, and she would never known that, and they managed to get that done. So you get these things done, and it makes things so much easier for, for everybody, because now you know, you know what you really want it. Absolutely. Pat, my dad uh, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm. Every year in January, he went to Hawaii for six weeks. He had a time oh, there. Nice. Mm-hmm. He was going to cancel that trip when he got this diagnosis because they told him he may only have six months or less mm-hmm. to live. So what I did was I told him, first, you're not dead yet. you still got a lot of living to do, and people don't realize that. You can plan ahead for your death, but still live life. That's right. We put him on hospice because he was starting to decline, and actually he, he went to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. The hospice agency over there evaluated him. Within the first few days, it was like a spiritual healing uh, of him and his spirit. Wow, you know, right. he was mm-hmm. in his happy place. For the whole six weeks he was there, he, they took him off hospice. He was amazing. Wow. And the day before he came back home, he started not feeling so well. Mm-hmm. And he lasted another month after wow. that. Mm-hmm. But he lived life to the fullest till the end. That's the secret. I mean, we all have regrets. Why waste your time and your energy on things that yes. you can't fix? Do what you love and, and do them. If you've got yes. fractured relationships, you fix them. Yes. And, and there are other things that people need to think about with the end of life. And we'll talk about hospice and what a DNR and stuff is in another uh, call. I want people to understand that a medical power of attorney is so important, and anybody over the age of 18 Absolutely. should have that. Mm-hmm. And people say, what, what does that entail? I'm going to recommend that people look at an advanced directive call from an organization called Five Wishes. It's yes, org. Yes. It is a very comprehensive package where yeah, you go step by yeah. step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They ask specific questions. Should you not be able to eat ever again? Uh, would you want to have your life sustained through a feeding tube? Or if, uh, uh, just little conversations like that can make a difference. But people have to take steps to make their wishes known ahead of time. When we don't uh, do the work required to establish a legal basis for our wishes, they don't happen. And somebody else takes over. And and one of the things I tell people is when you're planning ahead for your end of life, I don't care if you're a parent. uh, As soon as you become a parent, you should have that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. put in place. It's important because it, number one, takes stress off your family. Absolutely. Um, and, And I will tell you, the death industry takes advantage of people at times. Yeah, when they're absolutely. When they're in their grief. In their grief, yeah. 
Yeah, and it costs so much more money because people think out of guilt they've got to buy the best casket and they've got to have the best of everything. And it could go into tens of thousands of dollars to plan a funeral when all that isn't necessary, especially if you're someone like me. I just want to be cremated. I tell my my son, just put my urn on the um, mantle because I want to be in the family room to hear what's going on all the time. You know, you got to make fun about it. They take advantage of the bereaved when you get down to the funeral home because, oh, now yes. you want the best for your husband and on and on. And yes. Oh, of course you do. But I was extremely fortunate before my husband died. At that time, I was working as the hospice director, and I was privy to a lot of things that most people weren't. And I had made all his plans, everything down to the last dot. So when he died, they came and picked up his body and, Everything was in place, and my children were absolutely flabbergasted that this had all been done for them and for me, and it certainly yes. relieved a lot of anxiety. So, of course, they what did they do? They requested that I do the exact same thing for myself. <laughs> so I did. I did. Everything yeah. is written down. The T's yeah. are crossed. You know, everything is yeah. done so that they don't have to worry about a thing. Exactly. And and I think that people have very strong feelings about, you know, how, how they would like to be oh. memorialized. And how they would like to have, like you said, with Bill, he wanted to be put in the Irish Sea. Mm -hmm. People may have a special uh, disposition of their body that they prefer. Some people are are into green. They want to be all natural now. And there's so many different ways. So there's things that that you can put in place ahead of time to make sure that those wishes are, are known. And people leave detailed instructions as far as, what you want for your funeral and mm-hmm. uh, who's to get what and, and who's to arrange things for you. Those are important things that make it so much easier, much easier. when a person. Absolutely. Yes, yes. At that time, because, you're in um, a condition to make uh, decisions. Exactly. You know, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and dealing with families, there's always dysfunction. There's issues with handling the financial, the health care, the after-death arrangements. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Communicating your wishes early and often and leaving detailed instructions can actually make this process so much easier for everybody and avoid a lot of infighting between family yeah. members. That's not a funny yeah. story, but I, my oldest daughter is going to be like the executrix. I have everything written down, even to pieces of furniture people are to get, but I have a, an odd request for my ashes. I know only one daughter would do it. My other two would not. So she's been allocated in my will a certain amount uh-huh. of money to fulfill that wish, and that they all know it. All my children know it. So uh-huh. That's smart because it's, it's in writing, and it's, it's a, actually in a, a form of legal document that nobody mm-hmm. can argue with. One of the things that I think of when you plan ahead for end of life, you're also making arrangements to provide instructions to healthcare professionals on the type of care you want, the extent of care you want. When you don't have it, you cause a crisis in the family. It takes away your ability to be in charge of your life. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I help my clients is that it's important to put things down because it gives you the ability to be in control of your life till the very end. Otherwise, it's just uh, crisis management. I tend to every year around my birthday, I go over all my papers again to see if anything has changed or if I want to add every anything. And I've done that for probably 15 years, every, just to make sure that it's still what I want. 
so that they know. That's a really good point, Pat. People should not only do their end-of-life things every year to go over all their paperwork and what they want, review, because people pass unexpectedly. If you have identified a, a person or a family member that's going to be your executor, you want to make sure you replace that person with somebody who in trust will honor your wishes. You want to do it fast because Absolutely. you don't know how much time you have. I think another issue is if people are going to be donating an organ or their body. That's an entirely different uh, avenue because point. there's so yes. many other things that they have to think about to make sure that they're of sane mind. Absolutely. I know people that uh, donate their body to science afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a whole process, and it has to be done ahead of time. You can't just do it at the last minute. So yeah. if people want to prepare for end of life and have their wishes honored, they need to, to do it and talk about it and talk about it often. And they have to be sure to let their doctor know that they have got a living will or what they want for end of life nutrition and stuff. It's one thing to have it on paper, but it's nice if your doctor knows it too. You're absolutely right about that. And they're trying to implement that through Medicare, that doctors talk about our end-of-life issues. Mm-hmm. But I, they only have 15 minutes to talk to us before their time's up, according to Medicare. So, you know, it doesn't always get addressed. It's the reality of life. I think even doctors feel uncomfortable discussing end-of-life uh, issues with patients. Oh, absolutely, because I think death is – like a failure in the eyes of the medical profession, they can't make everybody better. So oh. Hospice came on the scene, thank goodness, many years ago and has changed yes. most of that. Hospice has changed a lot since when it first. We're going to talk about hospice at another yeah. time because that's a whole conversation that we oh. can do. But and then, yeah, and then some. Oh, absolutely. I think the evidence is clear that people should start planning for end of life early in their in their mm-hmm. 20s and to make sure that they have peace of mind if should anything happen to them during their last days. Absolutely. They're in charge of their life. Their wishes are being honored. Mm-hmm. And I well, think that if people want more information about this, they can just continue to follow us uh, on our podcast because we'll be talking about those okay. in future podcasts. People, that are, when they're dying, when they've done like you just said, let their families know what their wishes are, they're a lot more peaceful because there's not all that unrest and remarks between themselves. And I think people tend to forget that the last sense the loss when they're in the dying process is the patient can hear and he hears all this turmoil and aggravation and everything else. If everything has been set in place beforehand, none of that's necessary. So it's really you know a peaceful, what? peaceful death. A very compelling um, point you made there. Mm-hmm. And it's a reason why people should overcome their uncomfortable of talking about the subject of death. Yes. Um, because you, they need to overcome their fears. So it's never too early to start planning because there's no guarantees for the future. Pat, I really appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to our our podcast next week. Remember, caregivers, you are the most important part of the caregiving equation. Without you, it all falls apart. So please practice self-care every day. Be gentle with yourself because you are worth it. Uh, Until next week, Pat, I'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you.